It's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Liverpool had a dramatic win on the South Coast as the Reds came back from an early Southampton lead. Naby Keita opened his Liverpool account, Salah broke his duck, and Jordan Henderson sealed a win as Liverpool moved back into the first place in the Premier League. Today, Eden Hazard showed why Real Madrid want to bring him in this summer with two great goals to lead Chelsea to a 2-0 victory over West Ham. Chelsea now move into third place. And after guaranteeing that Arsenal wouldn't drop points again this year, we have Javier here to face the music as Arsenal fell to Everton 1-0 thanks to a... Bill Jackie Alka Header. Welcome to the Ghost Call Podcast. I'm Andrew Pissarro. We got Alex Moss, and like I that said, that was never said. I, and, I never said it. We and and Javier brought Ma- points this season. Oh, you did. That just you never get, happened. You have guaranteed it. You guaranteed it, Alex. You've edited the podcast just as much as I have. I know I've heard it. To be precise, the words were Arsenal shouldn't drop points the rest of this season. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. I never, I so never actually like, thought that. And like, I kind of agreed it. with it, but also I know Arsenal, and I know Arsenal are always just one step away from dropping points somewhere like Watford or Leicester or Everton or Burnley. Also, I made a mistake, just, which I thought Lucas Torreira <laughs> was not suspended for this game. And you get your facts straight, bro. Gotta get your facts when I straight. found that out, I immediately texted Alex and was like, "Well, there's zero percent chance we're keeping a clean sheet." And at that point, you know, when I saw the starting lineup on on the day, I didn't think we were going to win the game. So, all right, well, let's start with uh, we'll start with Friday, which saw Liverpool Friday afternoon. Uh, quite quite the game on Friday afternoon, and I would say I didn't watch the Huddersfield Leicester game or Burnley Bournemouth, but. Um, I would say in terms of Premier League action, Southampton-Liverpool, probably the best game of the weekend. In terms of English Cup, English action in general, it has to be uh, Wolves-Watford in the FA Cup. But we'll start with Southampton, who got off to an early lead. Shane Long, goal in the ninth minute. Naby Keita getting a header in the 36th. Uh, Salah's duck-breaking goal on a on a uh, an insane counterattack in the 80th minute, and then Jordan Henderson ending things in the 86th minute. Saw Liverpool get all three points. They're back in first place. And uh, honestly, that opening 20 minutes of, of football was quite possibly the worst part about my weekend. That was that was just not great. Uh, Southampton literally pressed the crap out of Liverpool for the opening part of the game. Uh, the midfield did not look good. They couldn't string passes together, and then. I don't know if Southampton kind of eased off or Liverpool kind of started asserting their authority, but when they got back into the game, uh, Naby Keita getting on the score sheet from a beautiful Trent Alexander-Arnold cross. But um, honestly, like I have to say, uh, I'm not. This wasn't the best Naby Keita game we've seen. He's been good. He also could have had a penalty shout. It was it, I, the way the referee handled that was completely wrong. Gives should have either given Naby Keita a yellow card for diving or should have given the penalty to not do anything I felt was just like sending the wrong message but the second half bringing on Milner and Henderson I would never say I thought that was the game the moment that was important for the game but it really was um 
and Salah's goal was for a guy who hasn't scored in what I think eight Premier League games or eight goal games in all competitions. That was yeah, that was gonna be my question. I couldn't remember how long he'd gone without scoring, but it, it felt like a long time for him. So I mean, it was it was I mean, like we said on countless episodes before. He's never lost the confidence or the uh, aggressiveness to try and score goals. So, like, you felt it was going to end sooner rather than later. And he looked like a player with that finish that was, like, had been scoring week in, week out. He didn't look nervous at all. He just put it away. Yeah, what an unreal and, finish. Ugh. Yeah, he made it look so easy. The uh, When Southampton started out so aggressive and so, like, high-pressing on you guys, I, even though they were up, I was thinking to myself, like, they can't keep this up. Liverpool will get back into it. Like, the, it was like being at home for Southampton in this case was like a benefit to them initially. But then as the game wore on and it was 1-1 and maybe they should have sat on that 1-1 a bit more, they get themselves too far forward with too many players up the field and Salah is able to just run from literally inside his own half to just outside the 18-yard box of Southampton and, and shoot from there because there's only one or two players back. So, yeah, it was it kind of came back to bite them in that sense when they they probably felt like they could go ahead and get the winner at home. It was still nervy, and I have the feeling that every Liverpool game for the rest of the season is going to be nervy because of the title run. There's going to be no more calm, cool, collected performances. Well, they do have Huddersfield, so maybe that one, but um, there, nothing is going to be easy at this point. There, That's just the way it's going to be, and... Honestly, Klopp managed this one per- perfectly. For I've criticized Klopp for not bringing on players earlier in the game, and he did that. He had, you know, he had Henderson and Milner warming up at like the 50th minute, brought them both on right around the 60th minute. They both had the time to come in and impact the game. Milner came in for Trent Alexander-Arnold and kind of played a, a makeshift right back for part of the game did work to shift and Jordan Henderson scoring at three one is like the last person you'd expect his first goal of the season. I know a lot of people like I, I saw people, you know, crying about it online, like, oh, Liverpool's mid you know, Naby is now in tied for the lead with most goals from a Liverpool midfielder with one. we're not we're not so we're not scoring with our midfield. We don't right. need to score with our midfield. We've lost one game all season. Like we don't need ten to fifteen goals from our midfield because you're generating them from the front line. It, it I'm not that I feel like that's just in, in people playing around with the stats on the internet for banter. Um, I wasn't concerned about that. I'm you saw how much that meant to Naby Keita. I hope this now. I hope he can work his way into the lineup. Uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's supposed to be back in the next week or two and is going to be ready to play off the bench. There's going to be a lot of fighting for those three spots, and it's it's hard to say that Fabinho and Wijnaldum haven't earned them with the way they've played. So that last spot, it's going to be – I mean, I think in the Chelsea game, you, you may see Henderson get back in there. You could see Milner as well. But it, there's there's – Four guys fighting for arguably one spot, which is it's Lalana, it's going to be Ox, it's going to be Keita, Milner, and Jordan Henderson. Five guys fighting for one last quick, spot. In that quick field. question. What's happened to Jordan Shakiri recently? I feel like he's not really he, been involved in the like in 2019. He's kind of been. Well, he was. He was the in the. Um, yeah, it's it's been the last few weeks. He picked up an injury or he came back from uh, from the. He didn't. He got sent home 
from international duty with the Swiss national team with some type of groin strain or like inflammation in the groin. So he hasn't featured in a long time, which is surprising. Divock Origi has since become Klopp's kind of go-to guy if, hey, we need a goal in the second half and we're down. And it's Divock Origi who's getting the call week in, week out. But yeah, I would agree with you. And it does. But I'm not shocked by this, and this is why I was happy to bring in Shakiri at the price Liverpool brought him in at. At 12 million pounds in today's Premier League, that's that's usually not a starter for a top six team. It's Ross Barkley, um, exactly. I mean, I but Shakiri's whole career, you know, going back to his Bayern days, especially his Inter days, and especially his Stoke days, he's always been a guy who you're not gonna, you can't rely on to be fit for for more than 25 games in a season. So for Liverpool, yeah, I am disappointed to not have him, especially right now where we've got Porto on Tuesday in the Champions League. You've got Chelsea coming up on Sunday and then obviously Porto on the following Wednesday in the Champions League again. To not have him does hurt, but they're making do with what they have. And I I agree with you. Like there hasn't really been a lot of discussion, but again, with the four five guys fighting for three spots, it's not like Shakiri is is if he's not fit, he's certainly not going to displace Mane Salah for me. Just pray one of those three doesn't get injured. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think if one of them does, you're going to see Klopp kind of uh, change the formation around to to benefit who he's got available. Maybe maybe you see kind of a four four two diamond with Firmino in the hole behind Mane and Origi or Salah and Origi, whatever you've got. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Alex. Just praying the one of the three of them not getting hurt would be crucial. But this is the year where I feel like we have higher quality depth to bring in. Like like I said, compared to the past, sure. <laughs> We're not bringing Adam Lallana off the bench in the Champions League final anymore um, for, for, for Mo Salah. But, yeah, the Shakiri absence is, is notable, and it is, it is concerning. I hope that he's going to be back to a level where he could be included in a match day squad because he was pretty electric early on in the season. Um, let's, we'll move over to some of Saturday. Oh, by the way, Javier got this one right with a 3-3 run scoreline. Moves into it. He has a nice little two-game cushion on me. Uh, 17 total correction, total total predictions correct this year. I'm on 15, and Alex is stuck in third place on 13. That was the only correct score of the weekend. Uh, Bournemouth fell to Burnley at home 3-1. Huddersfield lost to Leicester at home 4-1. Crystal Palace went on the road and beat Newcastle 1-0. Uh, and that leads us to Sunday. The lone Premier League game was Everton's one 0 victory over Arsenal. And Javier, you kind of you know, kind of teased it earlier. There were some some uh, changes to the Arsenal eleven, and obviously they led to you guys falling at Everton. What was uh, what's how how are you feeling now with the with with this loss? Uh, I mean, I think this was probably going to be our hardest game of the season uh, for the rest of the year. For in the Premier League, in the Premier League. This was probably the, the hardest game we had left. I mean, I don't think the Wolves game is going to be harder than this because I think we're going to have better players available. So I think, like, on paper, sure, you know, may, you could maybe the Watford game away. But I don't know. I'm not too worried. I, I, I thought we had four points to give. Um, and obviously now the margin for error is much smaller. I think we only have one point now. Uh, technically, really like two points. I think we can only really draw 
a loss, another loss would be pretty perilous. Maybe maybe we can uh, up to up up to three three more points. You could probably drop. I want to say, and then after that, it's not really in our hands. I think other teams are going to have to drop more points. Um, because I think Chelsea, it's possible that they win every game, but maybe the Liverpool game for the rest of the year, it's possible they beat City. Tottenham most likely get that third spot now. I think that that this th- we had to win this game in order to finish above Tottenham. I mean, they. So what went wrong, dude? What went wrong? You talked about the midfield before. Well, just El, El Nenny and Guendouzi. That was just we we can't. Ramsey's on the bench. Why isn't Ramsey starting this game? Like, I mean, the doctors told I, Emery that if he played ninety minutes, he was very likely to get injured again. So, well, he came on in the second half when you guys were trailing, and he was pretty much your most like for bright, like. Twenty minutes, player. and then he completely fell off because you could tell he wasn't hundred. Right, the whole the whole team just yeah. You guys couldn't progress the ball like for shit. Like, okay, like <laughs> you know? that's that's like, there, there's a very clear reason for that. Imagine if you didn't have Ingolo Conte or Jorginho in your team, you probably wouldn't be progressing the ball too much, would you? Right, so, right. No, I, I agree. Mean, we had like, it's just strange to me like that. that missing in our team, and yeah, it was a terrible performance. A lot of people think that was our like worst game that we've played just creating chances and you know defensively Leno was our best player Leno and Socrates saved us I mean a half dozen times each I just I just I start to question Emery a little bit uh when it comes to when you're gonna you're gonna miss players in some games you're gonna find yourself in situations like this during a 38 game season where you don't have all of the players that make you tick but yet you have to figure out a way to win or I mean, at least a draw in a game like this, you would have understood. You would have been like, oh, well, Liverpool fought for a draw here a few weeks ago. Chelsea lost here a few weeks ago. Let's just get a draw, get a point and get out of here. But it wasn't just the midfield that was having difficulty, like progressing the ball up the field. It was, it was the back line. Mustafi was a train wreck again. That, Probably that, could have that been was sent the, off. That was, I haven't mentioned that yet, but having to play Mustafi in the back line, because Shelney... Looks like he's going to be fit for Thursday, but he couldn't make it for this game. Just having a bunch of holes like that in the team, players that aren't going to be here next year, like El Elneny, Mustafi, players that are just clearly not good enough for this team, having to play in a system that they're not good enough to play in is, I mean, you, you know how detrimental that can be. You've seen it in Sarri's system as well, where if you have play, like one or two players that just are not good enough, it can bring the entire team down. So right. I'll counter that. I'll counter that though with yes, you're right. Those guys are gonna leave, but those guys aren't going to a relegation side. They're going to an Everton. To to I don't know Wolves, if Elneny's to gonna a, go to like not at, not at those wages. Yeah, and probably not Mustafi <laughs> right. either. You fine, know? fine. But what I'm saying is they're still going to to teams that are finishing the top half of tables. They should still be able to go to Everton and scrape by a draw. At the minimum is what I'm saying. Like they're they're fine. They may not be elite quality, but they're still quality that should match what Everton have on the other side of the. I mean, well, that leads in well to Everton because Everton were really really good. And Javier, you were saying how like dominant their midfield was. Where you, who was it? It was Idrissa Gay. Uh, Andre Gomez was probably one of the men of the match for Everton. 
And uh, then Sigurdsson was right in front of them. Sigurdsson himself could have scored two or three. Everton probably should have won like 2-0 or 3-0. Yeah, their expected being, goals was 2.6. So yeah, they easily right, could have That's had being conservative. Two to like three they had goals. really good chances. Right. I think it was Everton's best performance of the season. Like the Chelsea game that they won, we dominated the whole first half. And then they got a set-piece goal and a penalty in the second half. And we were just kind of toothless. They didn't dominate us like they just did with Arsenal. And like... I'm not, I'm not, that's not really like that big of an indictment of Arsenal. I agree that the, the injuries in key areas are, are, are pretty uh, hard to overcome. But uh, I don't know. I just kind of expected uh, a few of like, like Lacazette and Ozil. No, I guess not Ozil. <laughs> I don't really expect anything of Ozil. Ozil, Ozil like- had uh, no key passes, no shots. No, th- He did have on. one jacket thrown. No tackles. <laughs> <laughs> he did absolutely nothing this game. Was he actually wins my banter award for the week. Mesut Ozil throwing his jacket at the Everton bench was top bants. <laughs> but, I mean, if we go ahead and beat Napoli 2 or 3-0 on Thursday, then everything will be forgotten. It won't necessarily... You're the most optimistic Arsenal fan I know. I mean... You really are. It, it, again, I, it's because I don't think this is... Every time we've played a lineup that's been severely weakened this year... Like in the Liverpool game, that first game of the season against City, we, we haven't had chances in those games. We've just looked completely toothless and shit. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good time to talk about Arsenal's away record versus their home record. Yeah, now because that's, it's Arsenal and Ipswich are the only teams in the professional divisions in England, the top the top four divisions in England, that are yet to register a clean sheet away from home this season. And Ipswich are currently bottom of the Championship. So uh, that's not great company to be included with. That's uh, is this an indi- is this an indictment on a guy like Emery who made a lot out of I, I would I wouldn't say a little, but not as much as he has at Arsenal that he did at Sevilla. No, it's or his first year in the league, just, or and is, you can't. I mean, he has. This isn't his team. This is Wenger's team. You have to give him like at least two more years to have signings and have an actual influence on the team before you you can even judge him in in that capacity. Like Klopp had a bunch of problems in his first year. So did Guardiola. So did a bunch of other big managers that have come into the league, have struggled their first year, made some changes, and then over time been able to to improve their team. I think Emery's had enough improvement in his first year for you to be like, all right, there's something here. Let's give him a bit more, you know, a bit more of a chance. If we had just, you know, if we had just not had a similar, like the fact that we've already equaled our, our points total for the last two years, and there's still six games remaining. I mean, that's pretty good. Like, we're obviously going to finish with more points than than we did in the in the last two years. <laughs> Knock on wood. But that's a that's a solid glass half full uh, attempt. But glass half empty is that you guys have what five away wins this season? Um, yeah, and we only have lost like three, like or three four times all of last year. We'll, twice. We'll definitely have a couple more. By the end of the year, you, you've lost twice away in the Champions League, albeit you did come back I mean, in the Europa second league. leg. I'm sorry, Europa League. Yeah, um, I'm waiting to see how you guys do in the two legs against Napoli. To you know, I think that's a pretty big uh, measuring stick for Emery's Arsenal. Yeah, if we because, go out know, and like have you guys should a, a, like, beat them. toothless performance somehow at the Emirates on uh, Thursday, go, win two one at the Emirates, but then lose three one at Napoli. That that's or, or a, like lose or tie problem. against Watford, then yeah, I'll be I'll be shitting on Emery and, and on Arsenal at that point. But I, I don't think that's going to happen right now. I think this was a little bit of a fluke. 
Um, I also think, like you said, Everton were fantastic. The the atmosphere was unbelievable. Like they were screaming their yeah, asses off the asses off the wrong entire day. game. Like you could hear them singing the whole time. And yeah, it was it was uh, you know hats off to Everton. They did really well. Jackie Elka, man of the match, came out of nowhere, scores a goal. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'd, give, I'd give it to Andre Gomez. Yeah, Andre Gomez was was really good. Ghana, their whole midfield just we, we couldn't get near them. So, and like I, I was, I told Alex after the game, like I would take pretty much all three of those midfielders in the Arsenal midfield. So, <laughs> I mean, they were yeah. way better than us. They had they're better than us in that capacity. So I don't. I think that's a really good midfield. The problem is that you can't just like I, you know. Just like I talked about Shakiri, it's it's a health problem with with most of those guys, uh, like or or discipline uh, between the three of them, two out of the three seem to get just they just can't seem to, you know, stick out a long run of of, of form uh, of not just health but also like form too, where they'll just randomly drop off. But I have been impressed with what I've seen of Gomes this year. He I think he can play in the Premier League on a, on a high level basis. He clearly was terrible at Barcelona, but not everybody fits at Barcelona. It's just <laughs> the way it is. Uh, let's, let's say- I mean, he's still on loan. He's still on loan. So at the end of this season, Everton will have a chance to buy him, but there's going to be other teams that are going to try and buy him. Like Arsenal might want to be one of those teams after that performance. Watch out for Wolves too. They've, oh yeah. They've got that huge Portugal. Every Portuguese player. <laughs> exactly. And, and him and Ruben Neves next to each other, that doesn't sound... Doesn't sound bad, guys. Doesn't sound bad. Let's uh, let's move over to Monday, uh, last Premier League game of the weekend. West Ham falling two nil to Chelsea. Eden Hazard's first goal of the game was, I mean, he just put the entire West Ham team on their ass. It was that was an incredible goal. I, I I was watching it on a loop for like fifteen minutes before you guys called me. <laughs> I'm gonna say I like the Salah goal better because I have to, but. The the Eden Hazard goal was also very very good. Those were the two best goals of the of the weekend, without a doubt. Um, he gets a second. All right, man. Eden Hazard. I'm guaranteeing you right now. Eden Hazard's goal wins goal of the month in the Premier League. So that should put that discussion to bed. <laughs> um, Not just the weekend, the month. All right, all right. My, my dad tried to be my dad tried to say goal of the year. I told him to calm down. I, I don't think no, so. no, no. I told him it, to calm down. The uh, the Liverpool goal in, in the Carling or the not the Carling Cup, the uh, Carabao Cup. That was a better goal for Hazard this year than the West Ham one. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, Ruben Loftus Cheek stays in the lineup. Emerson stays in the lineup, uh, and Callum Hudson Odoi starts again. Alex, that man. That young boy, he's – it's – I mean that was the main question from the preview pod that we did. Uh, the, the, my big question, does Sorry stick with the lineup that just took apart Brighton, albeit that was Brighton who have one of the worst away records in the Premier League this season. Uh, but he had the confidence to play those same players again in a London derby in a game that uh, featured a pretty attacking West Ham lineup. Love that. As soon lineup. as I saw the lineups, I, I thought to myself like – is this like a game of FIFA? Are they like uh, they're trying to like play us at Stanford Bridge? I was like, if we don't put like at least two or three past them, I'll be upset because they started with like a four four two with Chicharito and Arnautovic up top, Lanzini on the right, Felipe Hernandez uh, or sorry, Felipe Anderson on the left, and then only Noble and Declan Rice in midfield. And we just dominated possession, just out, outnumbering them in midfield. Finally, in the second half, they switched to like mm. uh, a, a 4-1-4-1 with Rice uh, shielding the back line. 
And that's when Ruben Loftus-Cheek started to get in the game. And when Declan Rice would try to sit deep and make like a back three, Ruben would just go into him, occupy him, go towards the ball, receive the ball and drag Declan Rice out. And then he could just feed Hazard and Hudson-Odoi and Higuain from there by drawing Declan Rice out. And they they never they never tried to like get a foothold in midfield. They just tried to open the game up and make it more end to end, which just favored us even more. Like they, they would have been better off playing a way more defensive lineup, putting ten behind the ball and just like daring us to do something uh, to to pull them apart because they played far too open. My only problem was that we didn't score more. So. Yeah, really good performance. I was really happy with it. And uh, I'm happy that Sari has seen the light, the youth movement. It's come. Even if it's just Hudson Odoi and Loftus Cheek uh, for now, I'm happy with that because they were they were like some of the best players on the field. And the one, the, the one thing more I want to say about uh, those two youth players or academy graduates in particular is that in this game, Chelsea were the first team and only team in the Europe's top five leagues this season to have three different players uh, complete more than five take-ons each. And it was Eden Hazard with eight, uh, Hudson-Odoi with five, and Loftus-Cheek with six. No other team in the top five leagues has had that. So with that added creativity on the field, that just laid these created these huge spaces for Eden Hazard to drift into and take advantage of. You can watch his goal. When he receives the ball... He's got no one around him for like twenty yards, like on either in any side of him. It's from there he can just get up to a running start and just go by people. It's with that much creativity on the field, we're a far better team and we're far better set up to succeed in Sorry's system. So bring on Anfield, it, bring it on. Eden Hazard's rounding into form just in time. Andrew, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready for are Virgil ready? Van Dijk to put him in his pocket. Virgil won't get near him. He'll uh, he'll be too busy bodying Olivier Giroud. We'll have Giroud up front to uh, to counteract. Right, save it, save it for the uh, the preview pod, guys. Yeah, right, right. Is Ruben Loftus Cheek a must start for the rest of the season? Yeah, if his back doesn't flare up again, he's had recurring back issues ever since he was a kid because he grew to the size of six foot three when he was like fifteen or sixteen. So. He's he's had these back issues that he could never really get a run of like four or five games of 90 minutes uh, under his belt. So that's like the biggest question for me is whether how, – well, how sorry manages that. And if it does flare up again, how quickly can he get back and back to this kind of form? Because he's now scored or assisted in each of the last three Premier League games. He's He's on a tear right now. Yeah, no, I, I watched. I didn't get to watch every second of the game, but I did watch the extended highlights earlier before uh, before we started to record. Um, I really liked what I saw in midfield. I think he fits. Yeah, he fits dude, very. Players very just well. bounce off him. He's a six three Eden Hazard. <laughs> I don't know. About like that. in his terms of his, no, in terms of like his dribbling style okay. and the way right, players like fair. bounce off of him and how he mixes like the strength and like dribbling together. It's fun to watch, man, for sure. All right. Well, that that's. Pretty much it. I mean, there's not much else to talk about. The FA Cup came and went. Uh, it's going to be Manchester City taking on Watford. The Watford Wolves game was fantastic. From what I, everything that I've heard, I did not get to watch it. Uh, I was dealing with work and stuff. But uh, I do want to leave you guys with a quick one. I put in a couple Champions League bets going into uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. I got Liverpool minus two and a half at plus two thirty, and the one I really like Barcelona to win outright. Plus one hundred, both on FanDuel right now. Um, so hmm. yeah, I'm I'm gonna you know 
dip my toe into the uh, into gambling a little bit on the Champions League rest of the season just to give myself a little more. Reason. What were the Ajax odds? God, I, I was gonna say I've been looking, I've been watching Ajax highlights in like the last couple of weeks, and their goals they're scoring are it just it looks like I don't know like like you said before Tadic looks like Burkamp and he's also scoring like just unbelievable goals and all of their players are like so clinical right now I watched like the Real Madrid highlights and like they could have won that tie like 7-1 or like 8-1 and just yeah. uh, like makes me like want to just say Juventus are going to lose this that, also like Chesney he, they're scoring on him like two or three times at least in this tie. I know Juventus have good have a good defense, but they haven't been as good this year, and they've been faltering lately. Oh man, there's honestly good odds on on whatever you want in the I would put, IX I haven't put money on game. IX. I might I might IX look up plus, those odds. IX are plus two forty right now on Fanduel. A draw is plus two twenty, and a Juventus win is one twenty plus one twenty five. So whatever you put down, if you whatever you put down, you're making that back and then some on all three of those. So um, go to. I mean, if you want to, if you want to, you know, throw a little money on it, make it interesting. That, that's like, at home too, I, right? Interesting. I at home. The plus home game is two point two five. That's that's pretty good. I mean, but at the same time, it's still a Juventus team. They're expecting it from Cancelo. But no Ronaldo, right? No Cristiano? Cancelo said today he thinks that Ronaldo's going to be good for the IX game. Ah, okay. So, yeah, that's, that's your, you are, you are taking a little 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 bit of risk. Yeah, for sure. So, um, maybe, maybe we make this a thing, see if we can get a little betting sponsorship on the pod, uh, sponsored Ghost Gold Pod, which you can now find on Anchor and you can find on Spotify. So shout out to Anchor for helping us out with that. Uh, I'm really, I've been using their, their stuff on my other podcast at Brickhouse Pod, no C, if you want to hear some music stuff, um, shameless plug there. But yeah, uh, we are now on Spotify, which means uh, for, for those of you who are listening to us on the SoundCloud app, and if you were the only people we, you were listening to on SoundCloud, go ahead and delete us because we all know you already had Spotify. Um, it'll, it'll go right there. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks, boys, for uh, for sitting down tonight. It's a little late. We're, we got the uh, NCAA championship going on in the background. Um, but follow us on social media, at Andrew Pissarro, at ASMOS92, at GhostGoldPod, and at JaviArev9. Um, until the boys do the preview pod later in the week. See you.